0: Galatians 3, 15-18. Brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but, and to your seed, meaning one person, who is Christ. What I mean is this, the law, introduced 430 years later, does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. I love arguments by Paul utilizing reasoning to help me see scriptural truths in their application to my life. Today's text is one of my favorites in this regard. So much of Christianity is mixed up in a difficulty to understand how to interact with God after he opens our eyes to his redemptive work in our lives. Now that we are a Christian, how should we live? It is a fair question. Jesus is, of course, interested in helping you walk away from those things that bring you death and towards the things that bring you life. However, the posture with which most Christians walk and are taught to walk is to live back under the law. Sure, Christ got me into the party, but now that I'm here, I better shape up or he'll kick me out. Paul uses Abraham as an example to tear this down. What he identifies is that the promise given to Abraham way back at the beginning of Genesis predates the giving of the law by 430 years. The implied question is this, how the heck did God's people know how to live after this promise to Abraham if they didn't have the law for 430 years? This transcends just one person's life because 430 years would cover several generations. This is the foolishness of living back under the law once we become Christian. The purpose of the law, as we'll identify next time, is different than we are naturally inclined to think. We are to live under the promise of the gospel, which is God's gift of peace, security, and rest given to us freely, without our effort or knowledge. So what the heck does it look like to live as a Christian in light of the promise instead of back under the law? I remember hearing a story about a college girl who got placed in an advanced course. A few weeks in, she felt she had no shot to even pass the class. The content was much too hard for her, and the law of thou shalt get an A crushed her to a point where she was so immobilized that she couldn't keep up in the class. She went to the professor and decided to drop the class. In that meeting, the professor talked with her, trying to encourage her to stick it out, but the student was set in her decision because the prospect of receiving a verdict of failure was too much to bear. Finally, the professor asked her if she would be willing to finish the course if she promised to give her an A, regardless of how she did on her tests, papers, etc. The student was incredulous, but her professor's word was enough to keep her in the class. Interestingly enough, by the end of the semester, The girl had done well enough to earn an A on her own, because she was no longer under the burden of failing. Instead, she was able to work from a position of acceptance rather than for it. This is a great picture of how true change happens. Sure, you can white-knuckle your way to improvement in your life, but this rarely results in a change inwardly or one that is lasting and freeing for the person. Instead, living from the promise of God's love and acceptance of us roots us in our identity as loved by God, and we will only change when we no longer have to change in order to earn somebody's love. Your word of encouragement today is this. The promise of the gospel predates the sting of the law. We can walk forward not in order to keep God's love, but because there is nothing we can do to forfeit it.